What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Guys, Kels Charles and Megan Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Hello. What a happy Monday. A weekend of relaxation. No Cowboys losses. No. The disappointment came early. We got to live our lives. We ripped the Band-Aid off, and we got to enjoy a chill, not tragic weekend yeah Cowboys football I'm you know what Meg that's a little victory on this little victory Monday so congratulations to us for that picked it off early for you it's funny that we talk about how obviously it's the Thanksgiving holiday weekend and you know I'm in the middle of studying for finals which I'm like you know just totally um wow whoever said that getting into grad school and getting into business school, like the dirty little secret is that the hardest part is getting in, was actually lying. They are lying. And I, I am- saw your tweet about that. I was like, oh, she's having a good day. <laughs> I kid you not. I have spent a minimum of 35 plus hours on this corporate finance take home final. And I deserve every bit of this beverage, you know, that I'm drinking at this moment. What do we have over there? A little screwball. A little oh, um, love screwball. Yeah, I put something in it. What? Did you put something in it? No. Oh, I look. It's a little piece of ice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not that hardcore, and I know that people are listening to this like, ah, screwball. Like that's not even whiskey. Screwball's delicious. I want to hear no screwball slander. Live that exactly that. Okay, I'm. You know, I'll drink whatever other whiskey. I'm not even a whiskey connoisseur, obviously. And, you know, I'll drink a good whiskey sour, like an original whiskey sour with an egg white. Like that actually is my favorite, favorite going to like Kelsey a loves egg whites in her drinks. I do love egg whites in my drinks. I am. That is a big fact. Like if there's it an elevates egg white, your drink, really. It does. It gives you like the froth. Like that is the pinnacle of a craft cocktail right there. Um, anyways, I'm drinking screwball. What are you drinking? I have the Denise Richards special, which is Casamigos Reposado. With um, an ice cube. Lovely. That actually yeah. sounds really good. I can't believe I've never tried that. Um, it's delicious. I got it. So I got it for my birthday and I hadn't really cracked into it because I usually drink the silver with you and we make um, our ranch waters. But, you know, uh, with the reposado, I uh, cracked it open. I watch a lot of Real Housewives these days because I'm bored. Yeah. And uh, that's what she drinks. So I was like, hey, I have it. Let's go. That sounds great. I'm going to try that next. Um, well, cheers. Um, so I was foolishly thinking that because there was no Cowboys football, there would be none things happening and I'd be able to focus on my final and I would not be missing anything, but I was wrong. It was completely and utterly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, leave it to the NFL any given day. You know the saying? That's yeah. not the saying. <laughs> it's, it is now. It's fine. Um, it was the most 2020 weekend ever. I'm sitting here like watching college football coaches like Nick Saban coached the Iron Bowl remotely and they still murdered Auburn. I was just like, he didn't even have to coach it, period, and they would have murdered them. I'm sorry, fair. Auburn. Sorry. That's fair. I mean, Ryan Day. I mean, all of these people, it's just – you, you, we were talking about it earlier and I think you were saying like, you're, you're not, you're surprised this didn't happen sooner because this yeah. feels like 
what I thought a football season in a pandemic would actually be like, and now it's finally hitting. And it, I, like you said, I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it didn't happen sooner, but I just, it's almost like you had all these protocols in place. I don't feel like, I feel like everyone got, has this uh, pandemic fatigue, which I think we're all um, guilty of that to some degree, but yeah. When you start bringing it into the office. Yeah. Yeah. So college football was not the only place that um, obviously COVID had uh, an, a, a negative, even more so than usual impact this past weekend. We've been watching the Baltimore Ravens and um, they had several members of their team that were on the list. It started out in the running back room and you had like Ingram and, and those guys who were put on the COVID reserve list. And then um, the, it just kind of started to spiral from there. And, and on Saturday, Adam Schefter sent out a tweet. And uh, as of Saturday, the Ravens had 18 players on their COVID reserve list. That's as of Saturday. And then as of right now, on Sunday night, when we're recording it, they had another player that was added to the COVID list, a starter nonetheless. That's seven starters, I believe. And it's one of their wide receivers. So that's now at least, at least 19 people that are on the COVID list. And that's not even in in including like when you do contact tracing, like the coaches and things like that. I think it was... Do you remember? I can't remember if it was, I feel like they talked about some staff member who maybe, you know, had comp, they felt like compromised the quote, you know, bubble for that team. Yeah. It's crazy. It's not hard to believe. I mean, <clears throat> as much as they've cut down the in and out of um, employees and all that good stuff with like all teams, um, all it takes is one person being exposed and not knowing it. Yeah. So that's why the, like the mask protocols and the sanitizing protocols and the testing protocols are so important. But even, even with that, you, that it, you can still catch this thing. So, yeah, I think that's the thing that is crazy. I mean, with, there's so many things and factors just from a sole pandemic perspective that we've been hearing about. And this is just, you know, speaking facts, the fact that it's getting colder, you know, and then you're going to have to be, people are going to trend to be inside more because it's cold outside. Right. And so you're in more enclosed places more, maybe more than you would have been. And then, you know, if there's holidays and you're traveling to see family, or if you're, if you are with family or whatever that may be like there, you could potentially be coming in, in, in contact with more individuals. So it feels like it's a recipe for nothing great. Um, and then you add the element of, trying to put on a football season on top of it, not to mention just the basics of humanity and surviving the pandemic that, you know, is a super serious matter, but trying to layer the NFL on top of that. I mean, it's no small feat. <laughs> yeah. It's, I feel like we can say we've been thankful that, you know, we have some, some sense of normalcy back with the sports being on, but yeah, this is kind of a cruel, cruel reminder that, um, this thing is no joke. Yeah. So, and so, uh, the Ravens and the Broncos are really experiencing it in a rough way. Oh, we'll talk about the Broncos. <laughs> That's easily one of the craziest things I have heard in a long time. And I found out some more crazy facts that you're going to freak. But um, as a result of the Ravens with all of their players that were added to the list, 18 in total, the NFL decided to move the game uh, between them and the Steelers, and they moved it to Tuesday, December 1st at 8 p.m. So obviously the Cowboys They're are supposed to have all of those guys back though, right? They can't. Yeah, man. I really wanted to see that matchup. Those yeah. Steelers are getting lucky. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Someone's and gonna have their number and it's gonna prevent them from getting a championship, just saying. Yep. Well, it'll be interesting, like you said, um, for that reason to see like who will actually be able to be back and performing because the Ravens in general have struggled more this year and that like I think that was unexpected for a lot of people, but now they've just been decimated, you know, with this with this COVID issue and a really like a really important stretch of their season. So um, this sucks for them in a big way, and and so because the game was moved from 
from the, to Tuesday with Steelers, it would have been completely impossible for them to turn around and play a game on Thursday against the Cowboys at home, which, you know, as much as I love a good competitive advantage, that would have been just not even safe for yeah. many reasons, um, pandemic reasons, but also player safety reasons, things that nature too. So um, because of that, the Cowboys and Ravens game has been pushed to Monday, December 7th at Baltimore still, but it's at 4 p.m. Central during work, basically. I don't think I, I think I missed that part. So that's news to me. <laughs> I just confirmed it. I was like, wait, <laughs> turns out I'm going to be having a really early day that day. I'm going to start around like 6.30 or 7. We're going to knock this out. I'm done by 3.30. Let's go. Yeah, turns out I'm going to be at an appointment starting at 3.30 p.m. on th- on Monday. <laughs> it might be the Rona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm unavailable. Um, so that's a thing. And, you know, I, I think all of it aside, um, obviously it's super unfortunate and, you know, uh, but I'm going to, that's the, that's, those are the facts from a little, little silver linings perspective. I think there's a couple things that you can look at from a Cowboys perspective, this stretch of games in the season for the Dallas Cowboys every year is always brutal. I mean, I think you guys know this by now. Um, I used to I used to date an equipment manager on the team, and I remember every Thanksgiving. Like Thanksgiving in general is always tough. Like when you work in this league, because of, with the team, with the Cowboys, because they play on Thanksgiving, so you always have to like do your actual dinner on like the Wednesday night before or the Friday, which is fine. But then it's like you have this whole entire staff and team where they have to they work overnight on the Thursday night of the game to flip and get everything ready to restart the week so that they can play the following Thursday. So it's just like it's it's kind of madness and the team's always you know really exhausted. And so I guess from from a, 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 a again like a little victory perspective, I think this gives them more time. I think coach McCarthy was treating this past weekend as like a mini bye week if you will and kind yeah. of giving the team some time off to just like be. You know. They could definitely use it. I think last week is a harder week than most um emotionally and um and that game yeah last week was rough for a lot a lot of reasons and like you said Meg like I actually think that you know McCarthy mentioned it in his press conference too after the game and he was really brutally honest and he was saying you know I wasn't sure how this team was going to come out and perform I had no idea for this game and you know normally typically you have a you have an idea of you know, how, how people are performing because of practice and, you know, matchups and things like that areas to exploit. And that just kind of all went out the window um, in light of everything that happened with, you know, coach Paul. Um, and there's just like a horrible, horrible time, even on Friday morning when, he, you know, McCarthy hopped onto the reporter call and with all the beat writers and, you know, they're starting to kind of ask questions about the game. And he was like, honestly, you guys, I haven't even watched it. It's, you know, I think it was in the morning at some point when they were talking to him and he's like, I've been in, I've been dealing with things regarding like personal matters, you know, with obviously the developments that happened last week. And so I think per your point, this weekend is probably a good thing for this team to have to just breathe, you know, like take a breath, try to begin to process what just happened um, because yeah, it was just like a a week. Back to the system for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everyone I talked to, I mean, obviously rightfully so like it was, and I, you know, we're not going to get into specifics like, cause I, we don't even really have them, but I don't think people need to be getting into specifics about what happened to him because it's, I think it's inappropriate, but you know, Obviously, a loss of a person in general is a massive deal, but in the manner that it happened, I think it was just kind of a, a, a you know, in a in a place where a lot of people were, you know, at least aware of what was going on. And so I just think it was like a really mind fuck. Excuse my French, but I don't know how else you can say put the it. E up. Yeah, put the E up. <laughs> yeah. We just need the standard E on our podcasts and shows from now on. Like it is what it is. Like I can't. Yeah, I mean, we cannot we, be tamed. We real with y'all, so <laughs> yeah, we cannot be tamed. 
So anyways, um, you know, just again, uh, a, an additional, um, just sending our well wishes and prayers to not well wishes. Cause there's nothing well about what's going on, but sending our, you know, condolences. Yeah, for sure. To the Paul family and to everyone. So, um, tough times for sure, but back to kind of the COVID thing and, and, and you know, how like giving, giving the team a break, um, because of the movement of the game, you also saw the league and I thought this was smart because, you know, just in light of, again, the developments of this, of this pandemic and the situation that we're in for this winter and how things are kind of trending upward in a, in a bad way. Um, I think the league was smart in doing this. They closed the facilities and they said, no one can go in person on Monday. Um, I can't remember if it was Tuesday as well, but it, I know it at least was Monday. And um, yeah. I think that was so freaking smart and, you know, it, it was a necessary precaution. They've obviously, you know, gotten really, really strict about um, the mask mandates. And if you're on the sidelines and you're not playing, you have to wear a mask and, and all of the above. And I think again, rightfully so, I mean, they're giving, they're docking the Raiders. <laughs> I mean, they're losing draft picks. Like I think one other team lost draft picks to like another a draft pick of seventh rounder, I believe it was. So they the are Saints not had a pretty massive fine too. Yeah. I think it was the saints that also lost a draft pick, I believe, but yes. Yeah. So they are not messing around um, with this. And I think that's really smart because, you know, if you think about it, like being around people's families on the holidays and um, you know, that can is only a potential breeding ground, if you will. So. Oh, completely. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Do do something right. (laughs) They took for, they took long enough to actually like address this thing and like put the protocols into place. So I'm at least proud of them for pivoting in real time because it was so freaking necessary. Like it was so necessary. I mean, literally look at, look at Denver, dude. (laughs) I, I, I do not even have the words for my facial expression when that funny, but it's kind of funny. It's, it's unbelievable. It is it's just such a disaster that it's you have to laugh a little bit. I I handle discomfort, pain, awkwardness with humor because I feel that's my that's my coping mechanism. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Denver, what are we doing? Um so if you guys missed it, which I know you did not because you watch this podcast, you listen to this podcast, so you obviously like the sports. And how could you miss it? Because um, Broncos quarterback Jeff Driscoll tested positive for COVID on Thursday. And as it turns out, well, the other quarterbacks in the quarterback room did not follow the mask mandate policies. And therefore, because of contact tracing, we had to, or I say we, they were put on the COVID reserve list. So Denver quite literally did not have a quarterback going into Sunday's game none quarterbacks, no one to throw the football as their job. <laughs> like, you know, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I think the worst part was the, um, well, number one, no, there's just so many things. Like I just, I got like a news notification from ESPN that they were trying to get a coach to be able to like be eligible to play. And I was You're talking like, about that. I was like, they're trying to set a precedent in case this happens to us. And we try to play Kellen Moore. Literally. We have the same brain. We have the same brain. <laughs> Cause I, I'm sorry. I, I heard that and I was cackling. So apparently what happened, um, obviously. So the Broncos, no quarterbacks. Right. And they're like, uh, I mean, we know Elway is like a part of our, our, our team in like a, like a sense, but like, what? That would be like the Mike Tyson fight last night, like bring back Elway for one game. Why not? Everyone's doing it. Um, so the Broncos tried to go to the NFL and they were like, Hey, none of our, like our quarterbacks actually tested negative, even though they're on the COVID tracing list. Um, so can you go ahead and like, let us move the game to Monday so we can clear them and then just play. And the league was like, nah, nope, nope, can't do that. And so they were like, well, shit, <laughs> like, what do we do? 
And they literally went to the league and they were like, we have these two coaches and I need to find out who they are because that would make it even funnier. Um, can, we please, can we please sign these two coaches to the roster so they can play quarterback? <laughs> oh, and you know what? It was probably like some D2 uh, co- like quarterback who, you know, turned coach because he still obviously loves the game and he played and he just wants to be a part of it. So now he's like a quality control guy or something like that. And, and he's like, hell yeah. Like I'm 24. I've only been out of school for two years, but like, I can still sling it. Like can <laughs> the, the Cowboys equipment, I'm sorry, the Cowboys, one of the strength coaches, um, Kendall, he used to play for Florida state. I swear to you guys, he still, he works. He looks like he could still play for the team. I mean, he had, to, it has to be got a guy like that. Like that has to be the circumstance for sure. Yeah. I mean, granted, do you know the playbook? Could we adjust? Sure. <laughs> um, uh, it, yeah, but no, I thought I was like, this is the Kellen precedence rule. So we don't do this. I always, they're always thinking about Jerry in the back of their minds. Everyone always that's the Cowboys way. Like if, even when we're not involved, we're involved. We're involved. Um, so we'll get to the emergency quarterback list because obviously we've had to go there and we have had this conversation at least on the Twitter. So, um, but I just want to make sure we're clear on the results of how this all panned out for Denver and uh, newsflash. It didn't go well. Things were not fine. Was it 31 to three? <laughs> Something like that. The saints just completely rolled them. And um, they had signed this guy. They played their entire game minus the first snap, which I think they snapped it to like their running back. Um, I, whatever. It was wild. It was bad shit. Uh, with a you call it wild cat. <laughs> <laughs> that that's good. <laughs> they played their entire game with a practice squad wide receiver at quarterback under center. I, I I can't even say under center because I don't even know if he was like, I was just, it was insane. Kendall Hinton, um, his final stats were one for nine, 13 yards passing, two interceptions. As a total team, um, they netted 112 yards of offense, of total offense, um, which they hadn't had a game as bad since 1992. So 28 years ago. Congratulations on that. And um, apparently, this is my favorite part. I love these stories. Apparently, he had just been signed to the practice squad and he hadn't taken uh, a snap since he played like quarterback wide receiver at Wake Forest in 2018. He was a salesman. Like he literally had another job and then they signed him to the practice squad like really recently and the next day, like the day before the game, they were like, well, we're screwed. So you've played quarterback once in middle school and um, like, you know, we're the starter when you were in fifth grade. So you're, it's you, you're the guy, <laughs> you are the guy, your QB one come Sunday. That's how that went down. I just, you know, totally normal. Totally fine. It's totally fine. This it's, is totally it's fine. Fine. But, you know, tell the grandkids that one. <laughs> you know what, though? He can. And, and again, since I'm full silver linings, um, I he didn't get killed. Positive. I think the, they did lose. They, 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 they did lose two other players, which was dumb. Like, I'm sorry. I just, oh, it was Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles. Wow. I forgot about him, man. Anyways, um, yeah, it just it just wasn't good. Um, but it got me thinking too, and it got me thinking because we've had to think about this, uh, because especially with like the Washington game, where the Washington game, not this past one, but the first one, week seven, yeah, a where Andy went down and had you know that that hit, and obviously was out for the game with his head injury, and then it was the nooch. And then I was like, Benucci. 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 <laughs> we really are. This is gross. Sorry, you have to say it. It's required. <laughs> um, 
at that moment in time, I was very, it, w- it was very unclear to me as to who was our backup emergency quarterback, because the only active quarterback on the roster at that time was who could, was, was literally was the nooch. So if let's just say all quarterbacks who are actively signed as a true quarterback for this team were out of the picture. I'm not even going to go ahead and say why, because I don't even need to put some bad juju out there, but let me just wait. I'm knocking on wood for the sake of this, like for the sake of this conversation. I'm terrified. Um, we talked about this emergency quarterback wise, Blake Bell, Cedric mm-hmm. Wilson, or since we're going to, since the Broncos did it, we should try and do it. Kellen Moore. <laughs> <laughs> and if we had been playing last year, if this was last year, would you have put John Kitna in the mix? Yes or yes. I, again, I'm, I'm bringing it back to Mike Tyson from last night or <laughs> night ago when we were hearing this. But yeah, sure. Why not? That would be fantastic. Um, I mean, at least they would know the playbook. I, But I mean, you could say that with Blake Bell and Cedric Wilson, they would have a um, understanding more so. I say put big set in because that would be way more fun. I have to go Blake Bell because- You've been saying. I've been saying Belldozer, first of all, great name, hello. I love said, like he's awesome. But if I have to pick, I'm gonna go, I mean, he was the backup quarterback at at OU. It's QBU, like it's, it's either, you know, I'm picking the guy that they're QBU now. I just said that between them uh, and like, Ohio State, they've been, they've been everything you every other year. So I, I'm just trying to keep up. <laughs> I, QB, if if you had to decide which team was QBU, you'd have to be narrowing it down. OU and the Ohio State University. Yeah, that feels like a fair assessment. Like in terms of it's a combination of quantity and quality. Like I'm not saying the best quarterback that ever lived has come out of one of those universities, but I am saying high caliber and volume wise, they are consistently producing what would seem at least at the college level as top, top talent. And then TBD on if it translates to the NFL, but we're not having that argument because that's that they did their job in college. Well, no one's arguing here because I agree with you, but I was like, I just hadn't heard it. <laughs> well, it is now. Um, yeah, I gotta go Blake Bell. Blake Bell's the guy that I would have to pick, I think. Okay. Um, and then I would just need Kellen Moore to get like very creative and go full whatever the game plan yeah. was for Pittsburgh. That again, that just do that. <laughs> do Run it back. Roll it back. Like that's what we need times 10 if that were the case so you know what i don't like jinxing things but i do like having yeah don't make us do that no like (laughs) i have plans in place so like i'm glad we established like what we're gonna do someone tell kellen i'm happy to i'll let him know i will text real quick because we're like that um but (laughs) i i will make sure he gets the Perfect. I'm, I feel much, I can breathe easier now that you have made this decision. You're welcome. You're welcome. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the Future of Entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, the one guy that would be great, and I feel like would definitely part of, be part of this conversation, who is not on our team anymore, but we do need to quickly celebrate because this is a, um, a stand podcast for him. The one and only... Desmond Bryant is now signed to a mother effing active 53 roster, baby. I don't know what this is, but we're hype. We are very Mm, excited mm, for our guy, Des. Finger guns for Des. 
<laughs> Way to go, baby. Um, I'm so proud of him. Right? What a guy. I wouldn't even be mad if he threw up the X against us, you know? I might. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, I'm just so pumped for him. It's such a cool story, you guys. I mean, obviously, like, everything that happened here in Dallas and then going to the Saints and then he just he gets injured and, and you know, you're so excited for him. That sucked. Yes. Like, that was awful, right? And, like, I was full-blown ready Oh my gosh, do I need to buy a Ravens jersey now? Do we need to buy Ravens jerseys? I did buy a Saints jersey. <laughs> I know, like that's why I'm just asking, like I'm just realizing this. I think we need to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Good. we're gonna buy the knockoffs because I ain't spending that much money on another team. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to, well, no. We'll figure this out. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll buy a shirt from his website to give him money. And then I will uh, not give the Baltimore organization money. And, you know, do something. That's a really good compromise. I like the way you just navigated that. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Am I a Ravens fan? No. No. Am I a Dez fan? Always. Yes. This is where the being a fan of a player. Also, I look great in purple, so. You do look great in purple. You do. It's the color scheme is there. So it agrees with me. It does agree with you. I like that. Yeah. I'll get a spray tan. Which is, it's weird. I didn't stick with the, the family and uh, go Vikings, but couldn't do it. I know. I know. I was thinking, I was going to say like LSU, like that's pretty dang close. Like you could have been in the same color. Purple school. and gold is for Saturdays. Yep. Not Sundays. Yep. Facts. The rules. I, we don't make the rules. Um, <laughs> so we're very excited for Des on that. That's exciting. And we might go ahead and buy jerseys for each other for Christmas. The end. Thank you. <laughs> Story, um, written by Kelsey and Mike. Um, so now that we've discussed um, the most important things on the list, and real quick heads up, um, that now means so because a team just real quick scheduling because I'm going to talk uh, actual things with you before I talk about what I really want to talk about. Um, <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the Cowboys and Ravens game was moved to Monday, December 7th at 4 p.m. Central time at Baltimore still. So that now means that they will turn around and have uh, a normal, for the most part, normal week to play at Cincinnati on Sunday, December 13th. Not against Joey B, but we won't even talk about because RIP. But um, so things will, for all intents and purposes, resume to a semblance of normalcy, assuming all goes according to plan. Yay. What a year. What a year. Seriously. Us out. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good because we're in on a high note. Because I have Perfect. a really important question for you. I was yes. watching, obviously, Thanksgiving, very important holiday. It's one of my favorite holidays. I am still... I've requested this for a long time and I've never made it happen. We should probably do it this year. I love Thanksgiving food. Like so much so that well, that was the plan. It was. And then coronavirus. Yep. So, so. Last, for my 30th birthday this past year, we were going to go to the Oregon coast and my birthday dinner, we were going to have Thanksgiving in March. It was going to be great until it wasn't until the world quite literally shut down on my actual 30th birthday, March 7th. So I'm not saying it was me in turning 30, but it might've been me in turning 30. Anyway. It wasn't not you. So is that very sorry. And sidebar again, we're, we're using humor to to deflect. Okay guys. Like we realize COVID is serious. Like always hang with us. Okay. We get it. How else will I survive if I can't make a passive aggressive, like sarcastic joke? Let me know. Everything we say comes with the most utmost respect to every person who is working their ass off on the front lines to make sure that we can, you know, be as safe as possible. So please take every joke we say with a grain of salt. Anyways, um, so CeeDee Lamb was sitting on the sidelines uh, recently and on the bench with Michael Gallup. And because it was earlier this season, but they posted it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
which makes it even better because yes. they posted it before Thanksgiving. And I'm like, we're talking about pie, which means that we're meant to be friends. What else do you do on the <laughs> sidelines during a game? Because I don't think anything. I think this is exactly the type of content we needed. So yeah. Lamb has um, a had some commentary I, regarding an inquiry for yeah. Michael Gallup. Yeah. And what's your favorite type of pie? Like innocent question, right? Like what's the best pie? Gallup was so, was so confused. He was like, what? <laughs> We're playing football. (laughs) Which, again, I felt such a sense of kindred, like a a kindred spirit moment for me with CD in that that time. I was like, yes. Like, just literally. You're like, you'll have a conversation with Kelsey and she's like, so why do you think the sky is blue? Yeah. You know? Like, parakeet, parakeets. Like, let's talk about parakeets. (laughs) Parakeet nation. (laughs) Anyway. Well, you have to explain that now. We uh, we used to, used to go on the trail, Katy Trail in Dallas to go on walks, but now there's too many people. And like we said, we uh, respect Miss Rona. So, but yeah, there's a there's a, a parakeet. Uh, what are they called? Flock, colony, a tribe. Someone colony. released parakeets, actual parakeets, into the Dallas Metroplex Natural Outdoors, and. They're at White Rock and they're also at Katy Trail. Yeah, they they do like the little corner thing. They go like Greenville over. Anyways, Kelsey was taken by them. We were talking about something completely not related to parakeets. And all of a sudden she was just like, look at these parakeets. And that's just the perfect encapsulation of Kelsey as a human being. Like, we are entering parakeet nation. And it is now the name of Meg, Dave, and I's group text. So that's how that's who we are as a group, Parakeet Nation. Birds are not real except for parakeets. Parakeets aren't exactly birds. I think they are. And chickens. Yeah, I think they are small rodents with feathers. They can fly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Anyways, I digress. So CD yes. Lamb was like, all right, Michael Gallup, what's the best type of pie? And Gallup seems to think it is apple pie and you have to add vanilla ice cream, right? Like that's the- A la mode. A la mode. And yeah. um, CD, but CD is hard in the paint for some pecan pie. And I have to add some additional color commentary to this really, really quick for a second because Megan Murray has some very strong feelings about pie, which is why we're going to do a pie power ranking to close out today's show. This is her moment to shine. This is her alley. This is her lane. This is her specialty. This is Megan Murray to AT. Meg, tell the people your perspective on pie versus cake before we like really dive in. Um, cake is trash. Pie is made with love, and therefore it is ultimately better than all forms of cake. <laughs> Just across the board. There's nothing better and like more heartfelt than a pie. Cakes are just, people throw cakes around, you know? They even like, you know, they make, make it with ice cream. Disrespect, I say. It's like barbecue. <laughs> it's like Texas barbecue. If you put sauce on it, it's disrespectful. Is that kind of like your thought process? Like it needs to exist on its you own. Can and have, you can have ice cream with your pie, but like, a, like an ice cream pie, no. It's okay. An ice cream cake. Yeah. Cake is like the catch-all. It's like the bullshit category that you feel like you're like, here's this <laughs> sweet dessert thing. We're gonna call it a cake, it so someone buys it. Doesn't have the icing either. Like, I don't. I just can't get behind it. I'm king cake is an exception. Okay, but that doesn't really that feels more like a pastry. Yeah, that's like a pastry. Thank you. All right. So I I have a a a really soft spot in my heart. Um, we should mention that my birthday cake was actually pecan pie. It was. It was. It was really good too. I was going to say, I can't really <laughs> share your sentiments on like the, the, the pie versus cake thing. Cause like, I really do like cake, but like red velvet cake is really, really good. 
And like, also I love a good cookie cake, but like, I feel like cookie cake is in this other little category of its own. Like cookie cake is my new favorite thing. I don't know. Cookie I Okay. As long as like that's in the clear. People claim cookies as cakes. All right, good. Unreal. So the that cake, being said. The cake conglomerate, big cake is taking over. Big conglomerate. <laughs> <laughs> Those of us here at Big Pie say down with cake. Okay. Well, that being said, again, Megan has very strong feelings about cake and pie. I do. So and whether you, you can bring up good points, but I will ignore them and I don't care. But they're <laughs> trash. Um, so I need to know what is the Megan Murray pie power ranking? I thought about this for um, the 10 minutes before we started this, because that's when you told me we we're going to do this. But yep. it, it was actually pretty easy because like I said, pies are made with love. Right. Mm-hmm. My family pie, the one that like shows up at most occasions. Right. Strawberry rhubarb. That's a the great most Midwestern thing I've ever heard in my it's life. A great pie. <laughs> like it's that is made with love. Okay. <laughs> like, where do you buy rhubarb? Like, what is there a season for rhubarb, or do you have to grow it because it's that? country <laughs> i'm sorry i love you but i'm sure therefore would it be the freshest <laughs> that's my number one pie because of never the nostalgia that. and the good memories and the wonderful feelings that i have towards that pie love it okay so that's the number one all right let's keep going number two um and yes i'm writing I'm gonna- this down <laughs> I'm gonna go with pecan. I'm gonna agree with uh, CD here. Okay. Love pecan pie. Absolutely love. Okay. So strawberry but, rhubarb and then pecan. Is it like yes. a regular pecan or a chocolate pecan? I do like a chocolate pecan as well. That's like the subcategory. Okay. Uh, neither is wrong. It's a it's a two point five. Yeah. Okay. It's two A. Two A. <laughs> Got it. Chocolate pecan is two A. Yes. Chocolate. It's totally fine. Journalism major. Keep going. Um, cherry. cherry pie. Let's go. I yeah. love cherry, like a tart cherry, I right? Love, yes, of course. Yes. You get the little, you tart, like little sour with the sweet and the perfect crust with a little like Salt. sugar on top. Just Salt. put that on broil. Love it. That oh, sounds amazing. Okay. Like not. In- nothing better. If we're talking like an actual, does it matter to you? Like clarification purposes, like a pie pie, not a crumble. Does a crumble still kind of count? Yeah. Okay. Is, it's is, like, is there a pie crust involved? That's that's the key. Great. Tart cherry yeah. pie. Hell yeah, man. So on board with that. What's number four? You know, um, this one, I have a, I have a uh, 4A and a 4B. Okay. I find them. I find them to be a little. People. People will find this one controversial. I find okay. them similar. Okay. Um, sweet potato and pumpkin. Same level for me. Oh man, I just like. I have a thing against sweet potato. I'll make you a sweet potato pie. I, I, it doesn't I, taste sweet potatoes. Yeah. Okay. Because that's the thing. It's like it, they take. They, they enhance the savory flavors of the sweet potato and it's just delicious. It's you a delight. Marshmallow on top. You most certainly can. I just like, I don't know. I grew up in the South kind of ish. I just grew up in places where I feel like I should have been eating a lot more sweet potatoes and I never did. Maybe because my yeah. parents are from the Northeast, but like, it isn't, I mean, not that I know anything about regional foods because apparently I think chili is from the Northeast, but anyways, ignore me on all of those takes. Um, but I just like never got on the sweet potato train. Like I just, I don't like him. I, I like them occasionally when they're sweet potato fries. Like I just have never been a big sweet potato person and I feel like I'm missing out. I love them. Um, but yeah, this was definitely one that I came across. I mean, I, I grew up here, so that's not weird, but like, it's not like a really Texas-y pie, but, you know, 
it made its way over here from the south. So delicious. Okay, so here's where we're at so far. You have one more spot to fill. And I just feel like there's a couple that I am like really concerned are not going to make the cut. And obviously so, because you only have one spot. But number one, strawberry rhubarb. Two is pecan. Two A, chocolate pecan. Three, tart cherry pie. Do not get it twisted. Four, A and B, it's an equal tie because they are one and the same, but not with the same type of filling. But it basically, sweet potato pie and pumpkin pie. What is rounding out your top five pie power rankings, my dear Megos? I love key lime pie. Let's go! Dude, I was so concerned. Love it. Off the list. Oh, I have it literally. I literally have it written down. Yell at her if she doesn't say key lime. <laughs> <laughs> key lime pie is delicious. I fucking love key lime pie. Yeah. RJ, put the E on this because that e. deserves <laughs> all of the obscenities. Like it is the most incredible concoction of all time. Bless up to whoever yes. invented it. Goddamn, goddamn. <laughs> so. You know, and it, um, a, a special shout out to a, you know, one that didn't necessarily make the list, but is still close to my heart. Yes. Um, Mississippi mud pie. Okay. Good stuff. All right, so that's Good an stuff. honorable mention. Um, but really, like, I haven't met a pie that I don't love. I have to ask you, you didn't put apple on your list. You know, I didn't. I do like apple pie. I, you know what, I would, some would say I love it. But it's just like, if I'm going to, like, freak out over a pie, it's going to be one of those, you know, five hmm. to seven that I, you know, put A categories in. <laughs> so I think... I just, I don't, I don't know if I've, I'm not really a big pecan person. I think they're good, but I don't know for whatever reason, like, again, I just feel like I'm the worst. Pecan is the most Texas pie in my opinion. Yeah. I like it, but I don't yeah. crave it. And so I think I'm a very bad Southerner for that reason. Um, so I feel like for me, I would have probably put, removed pecan and I would put like, the apple and blueberry would make my top five, I think, too. Like, I really like blueberry is so good. I feel like blueberry is a very dark horse, underrated pie. Like, no one's like, I want it's blueberry pie. It's really similar to cherry. Yeah. Not, not as tart, but, like, you get the, like, I love, like, biting into that pie and getting, like, you, like, squeeze the cherry juice or the blueberry juice. Like, good stuff. So great. It's such a, it's a great experience. I feel like... I also, in light of all of this, and I'm not going to give my power ranking because you're the pie queen, but I do want to honor you and let you know that when I was like eight or 10, around mm -hmm. that age, in the Pennsylvania mountains, when I was up there visiting, I did indeed win a pie eating contest. So I feel like that deserves some semblance of like honorable mention in the pie category. Good work. Thank you. I'm very proud of you. I'm just here for validation and <laughs> support. <laughs> I will say well, a, a super fun pie thing. And um, shouts out. This is shouts out to Gene Murray, my father. Um, Oscar Gene. He, he makes his own whipped cream. I don't know. And uh, yeah, he is very excited. He was very excited with this. Uh, I don't know, whatever device that he has that makes this. Um, but he pre-made our, uh, our whipped cream this year for the pecan pie that we had at Thanksgiving. And he, uh, he was a little heavy handed with that bourbon. So <laughs> <laughs> bourbon whipped cream on our pecan pie was really good. A little busy, but really good. <laughs> I highly recommend that invest in a, uh, whipped cream making device, um, to enhance your pie experience. Yeah, perfect. I love it. Add some. Some say all mode. I say Allah, make your own whipped cream. You heard it there from the queen herself, um, Megan, Eliz Murray, 
Thank you for blessing us with your pie power rankings, especially on such short notice. That is how I know you are the one true chosen queen. So the end. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate y'all tuning in as always. Guys, um, make sure y'all are subscribed to the Blog of the Boys podcast feed wherever you get your podcast, whether that's Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or if you're watching us on YouTube right now, go ahead and smash that subscribe button here as well. Let us know your pie rankings and if you have or if you dare disagree with um, Queen Megan on yours, you can find me on Twitter at Kelsey underscore Charles and Megan is (laughs) (laughs) at Meg Murray with four eyes. We know we're not playing a game physically this week, but there's some really important words um, that we want to make sure that you remember because at the end of the day, parakeets are truly just furry flying marsupials, not actual birds. (laughs) (laughs) And that would be uh, Dallas forever, Eagles for literally never birds aren't real, bye. (laughs) Goodbye. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.